We'd like to thank our patrons, Jay Hanna, Jim Collison, Wanda Lewis, Ian Schneider, Lori Schwartz, Amy Schindler, Christine Gerber, Jody Lavallo, and the Great Plains Black History Museum, open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 1 to 5, in the historic Jewel Building, 2221 North 24th Street. Please go to NorthOmahaHistory.com slash podcast and become a patron for as little as a dollar a month by clicking on the Patreon button. We'll give you a free copy of Murder on Saddle Creek Road by Adam Fletcher Sassy. Welcome to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Each week, Adam takes you on a guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past. A lot of different groups of people lived in the Omaha area before the Europeans started stealing the land. Thousands of years ago, big game hunters dominated the area, while Later, people were farmers and hunters living along the Missouri River. For instance, according to the Nebraska State Historical Society, the area from Creighton University to the river was an Odo Earth Lodge village around 1700. Archaeologists have found that tribes have lived in this region for at least 10,000 years. And there's more to the story. Take it from here, Adam. Well, Steve, you know, we're going to get into a long conversation if I go too far. So I'm just going to give us a little bit for right now. But this is worth really digging into. So for people who are interested, make sure you check out the history of Native American North Omaha, NorthOmahaHistory.com. But let's begin this tale by going all the way back to the Spanish conquistadors. Uh, is 1541 when Coronado came up from Mexico and, and uh, what we know today as New Mexico. And he brought a group of soldiers and they went all the way into Kansas. Uh, at one point, they decided to split up and a group went up to what they called Quivera, Nebraska. And they became the first Europeans that we know of to really get into the Nebraska area. Uh, that was 1541. They didn't leave a lot and they didn't really settle a lot. But eventually, the French came down from the north and from Canada. And... When, they, when the French trappers came in, uh, they settled their own camps. They created their own relationships with the tribes. Uh, lots of tribes took the strategy of being intentional about creating these partnerships with the Europeans so they could get and, and so they could maintain their power and, and use the Europeans for their own good, for their own desires, uh, be it trading or weapons or whatever. Well, what we know today is that uh, all of these different tribes had their different impacts on Nebraska. You know, if we look across Nebraska, you can see all kinds of French names that still exist. The Missouri River itself was actually named by French trappers who just adopted that, uh, the Lakota word for the river. Um, the Omaha area itself is named for the Omaha tribe. Uh, the and, and we can go on. The Platte River was named by the French settlers, the French trappers. Uh, to mean flat river and and on and on nebraska and uh, the pawnee themselves all these different names were uh europeanizations this article that i ended up writing and this podcast that we're doing it's also a europeanization i mean for what it's worth i'm just a goofy white guy i'm not a native american i'm also not a scholar so i've missed some things but what i did put together steve was this entire tale of how the north omaha area specifically uh was built uh, from the from the land of Native Americans and really 
they've left their mark that continues today and continue to exist in North Omaha because Native Americans aren't gone. They're part of our culture uh, as a country, part of North Omaha as a community. The North Omaha area has been covered by a lot of different tribes uh, that a lot of tribes are associated with it. Today, primarily, we see the Ponca and the Omaha as being the people who mostly use North Omaha as a place where they hunted, a place where they might have lived seasonally, uh, and a place, not coincidentally, where a lot of burials and different things happened. Uh, the Ponca Hills that we know of, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later on, but the Ponca Hills were named for the burial sites uh, that the settlers, that the European settlers found when they moved into the area. So Native Americans were using North Omaha for seasonal hunting and for different um, living there occasionally, but mostly uh, the far north area, all along the bluffs, there were different sites that were established and used by a couple different tribes, and I'm going to talk about those. But let's put it all into context and look across history. We know that before 1800, North Omaha was primarily used by Ponca and uh, Omaha and Lakota who lived in the region and saw the area as their farming ground. The Ponca Hills were named by settlers who found burial sites as well as lodge sites all along the cliffs. It's reasonable to assume that those burial and lodge sites also extended along the cliffs that we know of in North Omaha today, immediately east of Florence Boulevard and 14th Street going all the way south to downtown Omaha. Those cliffs actually extended into downtown Omaha originally, and the city has torn down the effect of the cliffs so they just look like hills at this point. But the Ponca and Pawnee had different establishments all the way up and down those cliffs, including burial sites, circular lodges. Some were ancient uh, in terms of their usage uh, and had been used before the tribes that we know today. And some were very current and modern and had been used by the Odo and different ones like Steve had mentioned early in the introduction. In North Omaha, we know that in addition to those burial sites along the hills and the cliffs, we had other spaces. When Manuel Lisa, a Spanish fur trader, set up a fort uh, near Ponca Road and Pershing Drive or River Drive uh, near Dodge Park, Manuel Lisa became an informal ambassador for the United States to reach out to the tribes in the region, the entire region, extending all the way across Nebraska into South and North Dakota and beyond even, uh, because he traded with the tribes and really established a sense of goodwill between the tribes and the United States government and on acting on their behalf. That was at Fort Lisa. Jean-Pierre Cabinet had a post uh, near present-day Dodge Park right on the river from 1819 to 1834, and he was also a bit of an ambassador. Eventually, it, what we ended up discovering, uh, what archaeologists ended up discovering in the south end of what we understand to be the Ponca Hills today, uh, near the Wyman Heights development in Florence, there were some Ponca burial sites uh, right along the cliff and, and the upper part of the hills right there, near what we the Mormon Bridge today. In North Omaha itself, some of this history looks like circular lodges that were down uh, near East Omaha, uh, below the cliffs. And some of those different sites have been established, but not necessarily excavated in depth. Same thing with Florence Boulevard itself, where that would have existed as well. 
you know, the north, the entirety of North Omaha from Florence at Interstate 680 all the way south to Dodge Street at one point was basically a high plain from the cliffs at Florence Boulevard, North 14th Street, all the way west over to about 33rd. This was an open area that would have been covered with almost like a savanna, tall prairie grasses and short shrubby oaks and different kinds of small trees dotting the landscape. This would have been used by tribes as a go-through area and also as a hunting area. Eventually, Fort Omaha was built in North Omaha in 1868. It wasn't ever really involved in the Indian Wars, is what they're called, uh, which were started around the 1850s and lasted all the way to the, the end of the uh, frontier in the late 1890s. This area, this entire region, uh, was supplied, though, by Fort Omaha. Trains ran out of Omaha and brought those supplies all the way across the plains, all the way up to south and north Dakota, out to Wyoming and Montana, all the way to the Pacific Northwest in Washington and Idaho and Oregon uh, to serve the settlers and, and the Europeans and Americans who were establishing the entire area. And as you had mentioned in the opening, Steve, really stealing the lands from the tribes. Uh, so Fort Omaha was responsible for supplying those different outposts across the western part of the nation. When the original Saratoga Town site was built in 1855, when it was started in 1855, there was reports of uh, girls at the original Brownell Academy. It was a Presbyterian school that was started in 1857. There were reports of girls there at that academy having to go in pairs of three or four, or three or four girls, uh, in order to go out into the prairie around them because there was concerns that the tribes would steal those girls if they were in walking alone. So these kinds of uh, uh, pioneer paranoias uh, existed all the way into the 1880s, uh, especially at the north end of the city. Uh, but eventually, when all of those were succumbed, people just assumed that the tribes went away. Luckily, though, for the health of North Omaha and for the wellness of the entire community and its, and its fabric and makeup, we know today that uh, Native Americans in North Omaha continue to have a beautiful legacy uh, that impacts and makes us all richer people. We know that the trial of Standing Bear isn't held against us. You know, it was the 1870s when the government said to the Poncas, hey, you got to get out of Nebraska. We're kicking you out. We're sending you to Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma was the Indian Territory at that point. And it was really seen as being the place where the United States wanted to shove all the Native Americans and steal their lands. There was a chief of the Ponca. His name was Standing Bear, and he disagreed with that. And in 1879, he took some of his tribe and came back to Nebraska. Uh, he was going to bury his son at their traditional lands. Before they got to the Omaha area, though, the United States Army was sent to go capture Standing Bear and his group of about 30 people. And they brought them to Fort Omaha, where they held a trial to find out whether or not Standing Bear was in contempt. And basically, in the trial, it was ruled that the United States government was in the wrong because Native Americans were humans. Now, this sounds like some kind of noblesse oblige today, but we know that back then, this was a really big deal because it was the first time that the United States government formally acknowledged Native Americans as being humans. That was 1879. Uh, it took a long time uh, for the United States government to stop the oppression of the tribes, and, and, and to some extent, it still goes on today. Um, but one of the steps that they had taken in the 1940s, the United States government disbanded the Ponca tribe and said that it, it was no longer a federal entity. 
The tribe worked so hard for the next 50 years to get re-recognized by the United States government. And it wasn't until the 90s when the Ponca tribe regained its federal identification as a tribe. So to think of the fight that Standing Bear went through uh, to be recognized as a human, only to have his tribe status taken away from them, and then to live without that for 50 years. Luckily, it's come back around and the tribe is beginning to thrive and grow again, but their place in North Omaha history only makes us better. 1898, two decades later, North Omaha was the place of the largest gathering of Native Americans that had ever happened under the duress of the United States government. Uh, it was the Indian Congress, and it was held as part of the Trans-Mississippian International Exposition of 1898 that happened in North Omaha near 24th and Ames. This Indian Congress had uh, hundreds of tribal members, they say five or 600, show up from 35 different tribes around the country, including the Seminoles in Florida, uh, the Hurons in New England, uh, tribes from California, and of course, tribes from Washington State and from all around the Midwest. 35 different tribes were represented at what was billed as the biggest gathering ever of tribes in the United States. So this Indian Congress uh, allowed white people to come and watch tribes do their dances, play games, have races, uh, do ceremonies, and to perform sham battles, you know, fake battles. There was actually uh, even a ghost dance that was performed and different reenactments that would allow the white people to participate as if they were tribal members. So all of that happened in North Omaha, and that's, that's some of the history of Native Americans in North Omaha. But like I said, the important part is that tribes are still in North Omaha today. You know, Fort Omaha has hosted annual powwows for more than the last 25 years, uh, and those powwows are really well attended. Lots of uh, tribes show up, tribal members show up, as well as folks, white people from around Omaha and others. Uh, and so North Omaha itself embraces that powwow. African-Americans show up. Lots of different people come and attend that. And that happens annually right there at Fort Omaha. Omaha's educators are actively struggling on how to support Native American students most effectively. And they've had different initiatives over the last three decades to get that done. And, and there were lots of other impacts of tribes all across North Omaha. You know, today I'd mentioned the school district. Omaha Public Schools uh, has a program that's called the Native Indigenous Centered Education Program, or NICE program. And they really focus on how cultural identity for Native Americans, uh, as well as advocacy and family involvement, and strong communication and positive life experiences can enforce and really enrich not just those Native Americans, but as well as the entire Omaha community. So that's a little bit about Native American North Omaha. I think the important, most important thing to repeat is that, uh, again, I'm just a goofy white guy who really loves history, and I'm trying to share this more, with more people, but also to recognize that Native Americans are alive, well, and thriving in North Omaha today, and it's an awesome history. I think that we owe them, hey, we recognize, we see, we embrace, but also we owe you for the wonderful things that you've brought as you come among and live among us, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to even share the story. Thanks for listening to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Join us next week as Adam takes you on another guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past.